Hey, welcome to the Crosspoint Church Podcast. I'm Rob Chartrand, the lead pastor of the church. We're a church that's for the city in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and are passionate about helping people find their way back to God. Hey, if you're new, I'll have a bit to say at the end of the podcast, but in the meantime, let's listen to this Sunday's message. Hi, everyone, and good morning. My name is Dean Kirpiewicz. I'm the executive director of the Mustard Seed here in Edmonton. I've had lots of opportunity to uh, speak uh, to Crosspoint before, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to do so again today. I recognize these are different times, and even the way we're doing this is, is very different uh, for me, and I'm sure it's very different for you to watch uh, this, this way as well. I um, was, you know, aware and cognitive of the fact that today is Palm Sunday, and you're not going to get a very Palm Sunday-like uh, sermon this morning. And I, uh, on one hand, I'm sorry about that, but on the other hand, our times are very unique. And I really wanted to speak into the times that we are facing and uh, take a look at what maybe scripture has to say about what to do um, right now and how we can react and how we can view our world um, today through, through that lens. So uh, join me in prayer before we begin, and then uh, we'll talk a little bit about innovation. Father in heaven, um, thank you for this morning. Thank you for a church community that can still gather in this unique way. We pray that you would um, speak to us and through um, this ancient Bible story that has so many applicable things to say to us. And um, we pray that despite the fact that we are physically distant, that spiritually and emotionally and relationally, we would feel very connected by you. And I ask this in your name. Amen. The story I want to talk to you about today, and I was actually going to read the whole thing. Um, it's found in Matthew, First Matthew 17, but decided not to because, uh, you know, I know the story so well, um, I thought it's short, and it's not. It's actually like over 50 verses. So rather than reading the whole thing, I'm just going to describe um, what happens in the story of David and Goliath. Now, David and Goliath, of course, is a well-known story. We teach it right from Sunday school up. It's sort of strange thing to teach at Sunday school. When you think about it, it's quite violent. Uh, after all, someone gets their head chopped off right at the end. But regardless, I think it's because there's a giant involved that we tend to want to teach this to kids and kids tend to like it because there's giants involved. Um, and this giant Goliath is not a small man. Uh, by today's measurements, we would put him at about six foot nine. And of course, back then, the average height of a person was much shorter than the 5'10 that it is today. And so he would have seemed very, very large. So Goliath is about 6'10, or sorry, 6'9. He's a warrior. Um, he uh, is someone that is sent by the Philistines um, as a way to avoid all-out war. Back then, what you did was you could either everybody go to war or two competing nations would send out their best warrior. And whoever won between the two best warriors won the war. So rather than a bunch of people getting killed, it was like, well, only one person will get killed. And so the Philistines sent out their best warrior in every situation. In this case, it was Goliath because he is so big and he is so towering and so powerful, no one else wants to fight him. So the Philistines are sitting on one side of the battle line, and every day Goliath would come out and say, who amongst the Israelites wants to take me on? And no one would. And this happened for days. And no one would take him on. They all refused to go because they're like, we're going to lose, um, and we don't want to fight this guy. And so every day this would happen, and this taunting continued to happen over and over and over again. 
as Goliath begins to taunt more and more, David, a teenager, um, shows up a camp to visit his brothers and says to the army, why is this giant taunting us? And they said, well, he's taunting us because uh, we don't want to go to all-out war and none of us want to take him on. And so David decides that he would. Now, this is strange. David is not suitable for combat. Uh, he's not been trained in combat. He's small. He's a teenager, but he's going to take them on. So they do what you would naturally do. They say, well, if you're going to take on this giant, little David, we probably should outfit you in some stuff. So they give him a big shield, and they give him a helmet, and they give him a big sword, and it's all too large for him. And David says, nope, I don't want any of this. Take it all off me, which they do. And he goes out and he faces Goliath by himself with no armor, with no sword, just a slingshot. David then takes his slingshot and he hits him completely between the eyes. And Goliath falls and David then proceeds. And again, this is the, <coughs> sorry about that, not so necessarily friendly for children part, cuts off Goliath's head. So, what does this have to do with today? Today is a time to innovate. It's always a time to be creative, but today our ability to innovate must be part of the norm. We read the story of David and Goliath as a story of courage, that David is this young, courageous guy that is willing to do what no one else is willing to do. And that's true, but it's also a story of innovation. If we're going to defeat giants, we must innovate. And our giant today is Andre the Giant Large. COVID, self-isolation, concern for our economy, concern for our personal finances, and more. These things are forcing us to reflect on our value in work, our spending habits, our need for security, our entertainment. We are in full-on innovation mode right now because a massive giant just showed up and we need to decide how we're gonna defeat it. And we need to figure out how we're gonna defeat it. So what can we learn from David and his ability to take on the giant? And what might we apply to our present circumstances as we deal with COVID and self-isolation and all of these other giants that are in our life? The first thing that we can learn is that David seized opportunity. Innovation and opportunity go hand in hand. David saw an opportunity to defeat his country's enemy, and he decided that he would take it. While the Israel army saw a problem, and a problem to fear, David saw an opportunity for a permanent solution. One of the things that we perhaps have lost a little bit in our evangelicalism is this theology that rests really in Eastern Orthodoxy, that says that Jesus died and rose from the dead first and foremost to take away fear. Now, the sermons that I preach on Easter Sunday and have preached for years on Easter Sunday talk about the fact that Jesus died so that we might live. He died to take away our sins. He died so that we might have eternal life. All of that is very, very true. And I'm not saying those things aren't true and aren't central to everything that I believe. However, there is this part of Eastern Orthodoxy that really emphasizes the fact that Jesus not only died for those things, he died to take away fear. He rose so that we could live without fear. So that despite the worries and the concerns and anxieties that we have, we can confidently go forward to each and every day 
because the spirit of God lives within us, because our ultimate destiny is known, because we know that no matter the circumstances, God has us, that Jesus is with us. He died to take away our fear. The Israelites saw Goliath and they were fearful. David, because the spirit of the Lord was within him, saw Goliath and he saw an opportunity for a permanent solution. The all-but-defunct blockbuster missed an opportunity to innovate years ago. In 2000, Blockbuster CEO passed on buying Netflix for $50 million. He thought Netflix at the time was just a small niche business that wasn't really going anywhere. 20 years ago, Blockbuster was worth $4.8 million. Billion dollars, sorry, not million, billion dollars. 50 million isn't so much when you have 4.8 billion. In 2010, just 10 years after that poor decision, Blockbuster went bankrupt. Netflix took all of its market, mostly all of its market. And today Netflix is worth 48 billion, 48 billion, and Blockbuster is worth less than the shirt that I'm currently wearing. And unfortunately, probably a little bit less than uh, the price of Alberta oil is today. He didn't see the opportunity in front of him. And so he walked away from it. Innovation cannot stop. There's nothing like today's circumstances to remind us of that. And the reason is because the giant lives. The giant exists. The giant just showed up. We must see opportunity, not for growth's sake, but as the possibility to innovate, to take down the giant. We must see opportunity to deal with this massive problem that is in all of our lives. You're innovating at home, at church, with your finances, with your kids, in your place of work. Governments are doing it with your programs. We've had to do it at the mustard seed in ways that um, I wouldn't think possible even a month ago. We've changed things, we've added things, we've stopped things, and we've done it all at record speed because we've had to. We've had to innovate because the giant still exists. You need to innovate. You need to find that this is an opportunity to change some things in your life that perhaps you should have changed all along and that can make you a better person. The opportunity is now. Perhaps it's time to seize it. Then David did a second thing after he seized an opportunity. He ignored traditional rules. This is where David really innovates. If David fights a traditional duel, he is dead. He's small, he's young, he's untrained in traditional combat. The armor that would have protected him would have made him immobile and therefore it'd have been easy to take down. Giants are never defeated by doing things the way they've always been done. After all, if we did things the way they've always been done now, the giant that we're facing today in this world would actually grow. We've had to do things differently. And we will have to continue to do things differently if we're going to defeat this giant. Malcolm Gladwell said this, there is a set of advantages that have to do with material resources. And there's a set that have to do with the absence of material resources. And the reason the underdogs win as often as they do is that the latter is sometimes every bit as equal as the former. No one should understand the power of the non-essential, the non-material, like a Christian. 
Our faith structure is based on who he who is greater, he who is in me is greater than he that is in the world. We have an opportunity to thrive in a world where material is breaking down to show people the power of the non-material, the power of the spirit of God living in us, the power of what happens when we reside most closely to Christ and less closely to the things that we've always clinged to. The non-material can be incredibly powerful when we embrace it, when we live there, when it becomes the thing that we are the most dependent upon. We see that innovation changes things all the time and can take down giants in ways that we never even deem possible. There's a company that, used, that is used by tens, if not hundreds of millions of people across the world, at least it was up until about a month ago. In virtually every place it started, it was illegal. It went against all traditional rules. And it remains so in many places it still operates today. Customers know it's illegal and they don't care. They use it anyways. And it's a direct competitor to a large, well-used industry that has been around for decades. And now that well-known, well-used industry is beginning to suffer because of it. Any guesses as to what the company is? The new company is Uber. Who would have guessed even at two, three, four years ago that a ride-sharing company where you have to pay ahead of time that track your driver's arrival and where the car is always clean would actually affect the taxi cab service. But the real point is Uber doesn't survive, much less thrive, if it plays by traditional rules. You don't take down giants through conformity. And today we are faced with this each and every day as we make decisions and are being told to do things that we've never been told to do before. Keep your distance. Self-isolate. Quarantine. Don't be in groups larger than 15. Just stay with your family. These are things that we've never been told to do before. They go against all the traditional rules of how we've ever behaved and how we've ever related to folks. And yet we're being asked to do them. With COVID, we are spiritually, emotionally, and mentally at a different place than we've, always been, than we've ever been before. And because of this, we need to find new ways to find healing, to be whole spiritually, emotionally, and mentally means that we need to consider different ways of connecting to God, to ourself, to others than we ever have before. The vaccine for this will be created because of someone breaking free from tradition and finding a new way to do something that will have extraordinary consequences for the world. We will survive economically because new paths to prosperity are created. And as old things change, new things will emerge that will be good, that will be beautiful, at times be painful, but there will be new pathways because someone has chosen to innovate, because someone has chosen not to do things in the traditional way. If David decides to take down Goliath the way that tradition told him to, he loses. But because he decides to take down Goliath in a way that no one ever expected, 
he wins. The Goliath in your life right now, the Goliaths you're dealing with, you will only win. You will only take them down when you think beyond your traditions and think of new ways of creating that wholeness that each of us seek emotionally, relationally, spiritually. Next, David absolutely knew his strengths. That slingshot was something, wasn't it? David had already killed a bear and a lion with it. David was God's anointed, which simply means that he was set apart. And because of this, there's this idea that, that somehow um, God had spiritually infused the slingshot or spiritually infused the stone, that there was no way that David was going to miss. And you know what? Um, obviously, the story of David's life is headed into a certain trajectory. But despite that, and despite that David had extraordinary faith and belief, he also knew how to use the slingshot. He was an expert shot. He was a sniper with that thing. And we know this because he knew exactly the rock that he was looking for. We knew this because he had done this two times prior to meeting up with Goliath. And the confidence he had in using it was extraordinary. Yes, God is in this moment. But make no mistake, David's shot wasn't the fluke. It was skill. It was talent. It was practice which led to confidence. He knew what he had, and he exploited what he had that was uniquely his. One more example from industry. Or maybe second last one. Do you know that if you buy a, tele, a, a Tesla vehicle, and um, I'm, I don't know if any of you out there have one. I certainly do not, but I know someone who does, and he drives a Tesla. Do you know that the tune-up for that is wired um, and comes into your car. It's a wireless transmission into your vehicle. All engine upgrades and operational instructions are downloaded. You don't have to take it anywhere to get a tune-up. It just does it on its own. Amazon, um, its shipping infrastructure is the best, most efficient in the world. They actually sell their infrastructure to other people's companies. It is to the point that your Amazon parcel will be delivered by a truck that was once owned by UPS or FedEx or Purelater or Canada Post. One day it'll just be dropped onto your front doorstep or your back deck by a drone. Their infrastructure is extraordinary. We utilize a strength that is awesome and unique when we take down giants. And giants fall because we understand what our strength is. Amazon's strength isn't in the product it makes. It isn't in the fact that they have these warehouses of stuff. Amazon's strength is the fact that their infrastructure for delivery is so powerful that you are better off ordering from them, sitting in your home and waiting, than to go into a store and purchase it on your own. Tesla is the most incredible technology in the world when it comes to vehicles, and they know this. Their strength isn't necessarily in the fact that they're powered through batteries and electricity, even though that's really awesome. Their strength is actually in the technology that runs that thing and keeps that car operational and how it comes in the most extraordinary ways. David's strength, while it was God, it was also in the fact that he had a slingshot and that he knew how to use it and that he knew that it was ideal to use in the circumstances. What is it that you have? 
that you can use to take out the giant that you're facing right now. The giant you are facing today, what is it that you already have that is uniquely yours that could help defeat it? That feeling of isolation, of loneliness, of being alone. What do you have to help defeat that feeling? That feeling of fear that you have, what do you have? That concern you have over your personal finances, what do you have that's uniquely yours? The list goes on and on and on. We all have something. And the giant that we are facing today will fall because we understand that we have a slingshot and we know how to use it. So what does this mean for us? We know what the giant is today. This is a world that I have never been a part of. I'm assuming some people that lived through the Second World War, maybe some people that lived through the Cuban Missile Crisis for those few days back in the 60s, can relate a little bit to what we're all feeling today. But I've never been in a world where all of us truly have um, a shared concern, a shared fear, um, where we all um, are having to operate at the same time in unique ways to stay safe. It's never happened before. We've never all had to be in this place of having to stay connected while remaining physically apart. Of figuring out how to remain healthy while the risk of getting sick is so high. Of paying the bills with an income that just went down or maybe was gone, is gone completely. Of staying indoors when all we want to do is be outside because spring is finally coming. We are looking at a giant standing before us and we have no choice but to face it. And I think it's appropriate to ask, how am I, my family, my work, my church, how are we going to do this? How in the world are we going to get through? I believe that David example of David gives us a roadmap to figuring it out. We face the giant and we recognize the opportunity that is before us. We grab our slingshots. We take what we have and make the best out of it. We understand that God is with us in this and that because of Jesus's death and resurrection, we ultimately have nothing to fear. And we boldly walk in confidence, understanding that despite all that is around us, despite all that is around us, we're going to be okay. Many people spend their life questioning whether they have made a difference in this world. And if you've ever wondered that, you need not wonder anymore. Every one of us has just experienced the massive shrinking of our world. Only a few weeks ago, the world was so big, so much to do, so much to see and explore. And now it has just become very, very small. We can mourn this and be fearful of it. We can be sad about being shut in. We can, all the changes, we can be scared about all the problems. We can make 2020 the year where COVID-19 
wreaked havoc on our lives. Or we could make 2020 the year that we took down the giant. I plan on taking down the giant. I hope you do too. I want to read a scripture verse for you, and I'd ask that you close your eyes and um, meditate on these words from the Apostle Paul, and then Rob will um, lead us in prayer. This is Philippians 4, verses 4 to 9. Always be glad because of the Lord. I say it again, be glad. Always be gentle with others. The Lord will soon be here. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. And with thankful hearts, offer up your prayers and requests to God. Then because you belong to Christ Jesus, God will bless you with peace that no one can completely understand. And this peace will control the way you think and feel. Finally, my friends, keep your minds on whatever is true, pure, right, holy, friendly, and proper. Don't ever stop thinking about what is truly worthwhile and worthy of praise. You know the teachings I gave you, and you know what you have heard me say and saw me do. So follow my example, and God who gives you peace will always be with you. Well, thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope it's helped you in your spiritual journey and it's helped you draw closer to God. Let me tell you a little bit about us. Crosspoint gathers as one church on Sundays in Northeast Edmonton. And you can find out our location and more about us by visiting our website, thecrosspointchurch.ca. We also meet throughout the week throughout Edmonton in what we call home groups. These are smaller communities of learning, laughter, community, uh, transformation. We, we think that the journey of faith was never intended to be an independent exercise. It's, it's something that we do together. So please visit our website and find out how you can get connected to a home group near you. If you listen to our podcast regularly, why not make it shareable? You could like us on iTunes or share our podcast with other people. But more importantly, we hope you will get connected with other people and talk about what you've learned. Again, hey, thanks for listening. We pray you'll experience Christ's love in a very real and profound way this week.